Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taze. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. to Monday Deep Dish. Uh, it's not morning because we're not first putting this out in the morning. Um, uh, my name is Shepard Price. Uh, with me as always are LBR Hi. and Janelle. And Janelle. Hi. I did not take that cue very well. Sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So uh, as usual, Janelle has the questions. Um, so go ahead. Okay, great. So uh, we talked about goaltending last time uh, for the Hawks and in general, um, and also about how pleasantly surprised we've been um, this season, I think. So now we'd like to talk about defense. Um, So before we get into the Blackhawks particulars, um, why don't we talk about what metrics matter most uh, for defense in general? All right. Uh, I'll go first then. Um, expected goals against and high danger chances against, I think are the two most important defensive metrics um, because those are both quality. Uh, The sheer number of shots you face against you doesn't matter if those shots are coming from like outside the high danger areas. Um, In my opinion, like, like Connor Murphy could give up a ton of shots, but because he's Connor Murphy, a lot of them won't be from inside. Um, So that doesn't matter to me as much. I also put, and uh, personally a heavy emphasis on defensive goals above replacement um, because that's a better metric, I think defensively than it is offensively. Um, and then there's the contextual stats that I think are more important defensively, like uh, offensive zone start percentage and matchups. Um, Corsica, which is a great former site they've shut down a while ago, um, used to measure quality of teammate and quality of matchup. And I think those two are really important stats that are now lacking in the general stats community. Yeah, I would say that those are all very, like, that's the starting point at the bare minimum. Um, For some reason, you know, defensive stats, shot stats can be, like, they're extremely influenced by not just the defensemen. So I think for more than, like, offense, defense, they can be, like, muddied 
Um, so you definitely want to start with quality. You want to make sure that you're taking in context, just like Shepard said, um, zone starts like, and, uh, situation. So especially if like a defender is at the end of a game, always the one shutting stuff down because that's going to impact their shot metrics. And are they the one closing out a period, that kind of stuff? Um, if they're the ones coming off of a penalty kill too, that'll also affect their their shots. But um, I actually really think that this is where something like micro stats, micro tracking stacks can help flesh out certain behaviors in defensemen. Um, um, you know, obviously there's the most well-known, there's, you know, uh, pass breakups, zone entry prevention, zone exits. Um, but they also track, and by they, I mean like either private trackers or companies like SportsLogic, which the NHL, and like, if we were like real journalists, we would have access to this because the like writers association. We are real journalists. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> if we were unionized, <laughs> um, we would have access to some of their data that are things like, you know, puck battle wins, puck recoveries, blocked passes and stick checks, turnover rates, all of that kind of stuff, which I can't help but think would be able to shed a lot more depth into what goes into being a defenseman or even a defensive forward. Yeah. And things like block passes are going to be more important than things like block shot, block shots, yes. because block shots can become rebounds that the goaltender is not ready for. Whereas a block pass is always better in that situation. Yeah. And they can track them to, you know, like the exact location. So they could qualify one. that's like a block pass in the neutral zone or in the offensive zone, in close, in out. So, like, if somebody's blocking passes through the slot, which is the most dangerous area to pass through the Royal Road, you know, that defender is doing a better job. So it's those types of stats that I, I can't wait till the public gets much, like, that gets a lot more of. In yeah. The because that's how you measure more quality chances, like how Adam Boquist breaks up a two-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um you mentioned something Shepard about how um, there's some stats to deal with the matchup with teammates. Um, do you think yeah. you can elaborate on that a little bit? So again, Corsica, again, a great site that's gone now um, <laughs> used to measure like if uh, Duncan Keith is always playing with Adam Boquist, who has been one of the Blackhawks best goals of replacement defenseman in the last two years um, this year and last year, uh, mainly because of his offense, but because he's, he's been really good. Um, because if he's, if he's spending a lot of time with Adam Boquist, that quality of teammate will go up. Um, and if he's spending a lot of time with say Nikita Zadorov, that the quality of teammate will go down. It's just mm-hmm. like, it measures like how good of a, how good of a both defensive pair pairing and forward lines you're playing with. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then LBR, you said something about the micro tra- tracking stats. Are those the things that you're saying that we don't really have so much access to or. Yeah, it's not. So <clears throat> there are people that do track it. There's uh, Corey, last name I'm never going to try to pronounce. Like his <laughs> last name is like mostly <laughs> like it's it's an S, a Z, an N right all next to each other. So we're not trying that. But S-N-A-J-D-E-R. His at on Twitter is shutdownline. And he's great. He's doing like the work that needs to be done in this type of, um, for the, the public, you know, like easy access. And if you want access to stuff, you do have to pay for it. Like it's 
but through like a patron. But he's doing, he tracks so many games almost completely by himself. So, <clears throat> uh, and then there's sports logic, which is what everybody like the NHL uses. Um, so if you want to like keep up with some of that stuff, Mike Kelly is a good pl- uh, person to follow on Twitter. He's Mike Kelly NHL at NHL um, because he'll tweet about it and he'll go on air and talk about it in depth. So those are, those are good resources to me for the micro tracking stats. Okay, great. Um, so one more question before we get into maybe more particulars with Blackhawks and specific players. Um, do you think that there's any holes in defensive analytics? Um, are there some things that we could be looking at a little differently? How, and would that improve the game or the analysis of it? Yeah, like LBR said, I think a lot of the micro micro tracking stats are really important to have, and so is quality of uh, not just teammate, but quality of of opposition. Again, mm. um, both of those things we don't have anymore. Um, but yeah, like chances broken up, like the, a, a better measure than expected goals against, because expected goals against are shots on net, versus a chance that's broken up doesn't count towards expected goals against. Like mm. I want a metric that sort of tracks how good players are at breaking up those like potentially dangerous chances. Like a two on one should be, would be higher in that, in, in that metric than like something at the blue line. Got it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say that there are people that are like, uh, Jay fresh. I know that's a weird name, but he does player cards. Like that's what he's primarily known for is player cards on, um, on Twitter, but he has a, he has a couple of, uh, visualizations that show uh quality of competition it's mostly based i think on toi which you know but uh corsica used to be able to do it based on both toi and on shot attempts that way you were like okay they're facing top line top line players based on you know ice time that the other team is getting them but what about their actual performance you know so uh and yeah, I just, we need, we need to flesh it out a lot more. I think more than even offense. I think offense is much more straightforward than defense is. Um, it can't just be flipped in reverse to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause expected goals for is a lot better than expected goals against. Yes. Great. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to, uh, the Hawks then. Um, what's up with the defense <laughs> or lack thereof? Um, and who do you think's good and, and bad on the, on the, the Blackhawks line this, um, this season? Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, no opinion, no opinion. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say that obviously Connor Murphy statistically is the best defender on the Blackhawks. Um, he's well-rounded. He does everything pretty well um, in the defensive sense. Uh, he's got the highest uh, goals above average. He's got uh, the best shot metrics, um, everything like that. Um, I think Boquist has been coming on very well in the last few games. If you look at um, <clears throat> what he's been doing on the ice, it's been really impressive. I think that <laughs> the Dorov yeah. is... Uh, like, okay. So we all knew who he was coming in. I think he has been doing better lately. It's just that the bar was kind of so low for him that that's not exactly a compliment sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you look at his metrics, they're not good. Um, when you look at like individual tracking stats, like one thing he was really good in Colorado was zone entry prevention. And I don't know if 
like the Blackhawks actually even tried to zone prevent because they just let everybody walk in. So, <laughs> but he gets targeted the second most on the team and he has the worst rate against on the team right now. So he's struggling in that sense. And then Keith is looks great on the ice. So there has to be, but metrically he's like, something's not clicking. I think Shepard probably could go in more depth. than Yeah. <laughs> like, like LVR started off with the fact that like he keep, so Keith's the one pl- close closing out games, whether or not he should be doing that at this point in time, uh, when he's nearly 38 years old is a different question. I would not have him on, on ice in those situations anymore. Um, my go-to pairing would be Murphy and Boquist in those situations, because again, like LBR said, Boquist since returning from COVID has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of our, I would argue, arguably the Blackhawks best defenseman because of what he adds offensively, but also because of what he's doing defensively and breaking, and again, breaking up two on ones, like probably better than anybody else on the Blackhawks blue line. Um, I think this version of Boquist we're seeing right now could be a number one defenseman in the future, um, which is what the Blackhawks drafted him as. Um, Murphy again, fantastic, uh, dependable, like through like 20 games had, was like a top four defenseman in the league in terms of uh, goals above replacement. Um, I would say Kelvin DeHaan's not bad. Um, whether or not he's on the team after the Seattle expansion draft, we'll see, but, uh, it would make sense for them to take him. Um, besides that, I don't like a ton of the Blackhawks defensemen um, because they don't, they're not great statistically like LBR said. Hmm. Um, now yeah, but, you should probably caveat that the whole team has bad shot metrics. So, Oh yeah. The, the, the team is the worst team in terms yeah. of expected goals, so, goals for percentage. So I kind of, it's, it's, it's the situation where you're like, we see them doing good things and they do have like Ian Mitchell has really good uh, pass breakup numbers. Um, like for the team, uh, he probably would have more if he was on a team where that was emphasized more, for example. But and we see that all the time when he's on the ice, we see him preventing shots from getting through into quality chances. He's just it's happening so much on the ice because they let the other teams just camp in the offensive zone um, that it's it's overwhelming. They're so they're all of them are are below average in everything that can be like defined almost um almost all of them murphy isn't but focus is getting up there but it's mm-hmm. like there is it something that's wrong with the defenders or is it something that's wrong with that's above them that's that's not oh it's okay. i i think it's very much something above them i think it's jeremy Carlton system which isn't user-friendly i was just yeah. gonna ask that question to say yeah. if you thought that there is a reason why his system is is faltering and you know if it could be improved well they could start by like not letting people walk in at the blue line like <laughs> I, it feels like such a, like i'm so angry <laughs> oh <laughs> it's one of those things that uh so i was, I was talking about this to somebody in the comments because their reply was you know i was like so they don't prevent anybody from entering they try to steer them to the outside which in on paper sounds okay. I can understand that strategy, except that it doesn't prevent quality of chances. And then somebody was like, no, they're shooting these long shots out. And I was like, they're shooting every type of shot. Okay. It's not just long. It's in close. It's from the side. It's, you know, there are games where they're good at preventing, like they, they collapse down prior to like uh, the, one of the Tampa games, they had been doing that really well with Subban. 
um, less so with um, Lincoln, but it's been like a free for all most of the season and they've gotten worse at it over the season. Yeah. So, ugh. Yeah, I so the, I think the the system needs to be a little bit simplified, and also the Blackhawks could trap more. They could afford to trap a lot more. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right. Great. <laughs> um, okay, let's move to a little different kind of question. Um, what what would your dream defense look like right now uh, for the Hawks or or otherwise? You know, let's do some wishful thinking. Do you mean like style or like players? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, how long do we have? <laughs> what, what if, actually, I would love to hear about style. But that, yeah. So I don't mind uh, hybrid man to man. I just don't like what JC's doing with it. <laughs> um, the Blackhawks play a man to man hybrid system that is extremely effective with the type of players that they have. Um, the Blackhawks do not have those type of players, so it is not effective for them specifically. Um, I'm assuming a closer to zone would work better for them. Yeah. Like a zone coverage. Yeah, especially with the defensemen they've been given who necessarily, like, there's players like Murphy and Dahan and Zadarov on this blue line who cannot move. Yeah, and zone to zone would help also with being able to propel forward. They do have some really good. Ian Mitchell, Boquist, uh, Bodine, and um, even uh, uh, Zadorov are all decent outlet passers, usually. And none of them have been good with exit zone, uh, really, um, across the Blackhawks, which is another issue that they have. I don't understand how they're not getting out of the zone. Um, And... uh, zone might help with that a little bit more because it would free them away from the player that they were just covering. So they could flip it the other way. Right now, the Blackhawks are relying Mm -hmm. on weathering the storm, hoping that works. And then when there is a break of one moment, they rush the other way. The Blackhawks are one of the best, if not the best rush team in the league, which sounds ridiculous because they don't do it as often as you think, but they're extremely successful. They are one of the most successful at the rush, which they have to be because they don't get any zone time. Right, because they can't cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is another kind of hypothetical question, but, I mean, is there someone that you would like to see added to the the Hawks defense? Uh, he's a free agent this summer, so uh, Dougie Hamilton. Okay. Uh, I would love Dougie Hamilton on this blue line. Uh, 
uh, under a different coach though. Mm, wow. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just stick it at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because Deggy Hamilton actually probably would be okay in JC's system because it's not, it's different than what Carolina runs. Let's just be clear about that. But it's not yes. so far off that Dougie Hamilton probably would be fine in it. Um, I actually think part of the reason that Boquist is opening up is because he is one of the speedy, you know, he can skate very well. Um, but then it's weird that Ian Mitchell isn't blooming as, as much right now because he also skates extremely well. And I watched a lot of Ian Mitchell in when he was in college and he's fantastic. And the fact that it's, he was starting out really well and it hasn't, it's kind of faltering. It's kind of an, like annoying to me because I'm like, let him play <laughs> the way that he has always played and he will be a star. But yeah. it's just not. I think um, part of it is him being a rookie in Colleton system versus being a rookie in other places. Yes. And also yeah. I think Boquist had trouble with it last year. So it might just be a learning curve. It's like it's a harder system to learn. Yes. So these newer kids that are coming in. So the, the system could be effective. I, we just don't have the players for it currently. Um, and maybe the, the kids that are coming up will learn it and pick it up quicker because they're learning it in Rockford too. Um, and then it'll, it'll end up being useful. It's just currently not. Um, I know a lot of people really like, we'll never, these are people you'll never get, but if we could find somebody who's kind of like Charlie McAvoy, um, that's a type of player that we don't have in the system right now. Um, he's a big player who moves extremely well, who is great defensively and can pitch in offensively. We have one or the other right now. We have big guys who play defensively or small guys who are offensive. Yeah. So and have a combo. Alex Vlasic becoming a three uh, hat trick defenseman at BU this season uh, yeah. would probably help with that. Yeah. And Alec Regula yeah. probably helps too. Those two are the options. I don't, I'm like iffy on whether or not that's actually going to translate. Is Vlasic breaking out is great, but will it be sustainable? I think he needs maybe a little bit more, uh, like we need more info before we actually are like, yeah, he could be that type of player. But love both of their like push forward. Their development curve is much sharper than I think anybody thought they were going to be. Okay, well, I think this is a good segue to talk about trophy contenders now. Um, so this is a two-part question for both of you. Um, who do you see as a, a Norris trophy contender this season? Um, <clears throat> and then also, what about the theoretical la- language? Um, is it, why is it so hard to determine who would win that? Uh, the, the, to answer the second part first, I think because a lot of those micro stats that LBR mentioned that would be helpful in determining who's actually the best defensively are not extremely publicly available and um, they're not generally available to like most people. So that would, I think that would include some hockey writers. So it would be harder to figure out how to measure that. And it eventually become like the Selkie where there's is, there is offensive input in a defensive award. Um, to answer the first part, I think Boquist in the future could be a Norris contender. Um, but uh, right now it's like, I, I would not be surprised to see like somebody like Morgan Riley win it this year. I would, I think Charlie McAvoy should get a lot of 
uh, Norris Love. Um, yeah, because he's the one good defenseman on a on a on the Boston Blue Line. Yes, but I also think he's been one of the top defenders in the league for a couple of years, and he's pretty young. So I've always thought that was that was interesting. Um, and then uh, I think what Adam Fox is doing in mm-hmm. New York is pretty impressive. He's still I don't know I don't think he's going to get the recognition that he should he should, and. Um, but I think he's better defensively than the, the like avalanche kids, you know, like, cause they have yeah. some good ones. Um, but yeah, so I think McAvoy is better than uh, Riley, but that's. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, funny. for sure. Yeah. Because he's too, he go two way. I also think Shea Theodore was a, was the contender before he slowed down um, after he got injured. Oh, and I will say, so when everybody was making such a big deal about Boquist's performance against Vegas last year, and there were people that were like, oh, he's a bust. And I'm like, he's not even 20 yet. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But his, his closest comparable still to this to to today is in terms of his development curve, according to hockeyprospects.com, is Shea Theodore. So everybody was just like clamoring for him, like all across the Blackhawks sphere, uh, fandom sphere was like, oh, I wish we had a Theodore. And I'm like, you have one in the making. Okay. Just yeah. let him develop potentially, you know, he, he could be that. And you just have to like, wait, <laughs> we're in right. a rebuild. It's okay. Settle down. And get get him an actual partner, which is what say Theodore needed to really take off. Yes. You just, that's how all of them do. You know, they're, this is the same thing that Keith went through when he first got here, you know, the reins were completely like he could do whatever he wanted and he had to be reeled back in, put with, um, Seabrook, who was a good balance to him and then put in the right system and he blew up and he was, you know, he should have won the Norse more times than he did. Yeah. So. We got to find that balance to Boquist. So uh, one of the trophy questions, since it's really still about D, um, <clears throat> what about the Selkie trophy? Um, why does it seem to go to players with good face-off percentages and uh, 60, 60 plus points? I think for a long time. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, no, you go ahead. You no, you go ahead. <laughs> um, we're so polite. We're like, no, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, – Hockey writers who are the ones that award that one, they don't get to see every player play. It's a lot of beat writers. And the only time that they ever see other players that aren't on their beat are through highlights and through other media coverage. So if a player isn't getting coverage, then they're not in these other writers, even though they should be, you know, like, I think last year, the fact that Dino was not even like he was sixth, despite being like in the top five or 10 of practically every microstat that counts defensively. And he was top 10 for strength of opponent. He was, you know, really high on uh, goals for percentage, all of that kind of stuff. Everything that you're like, this is what it should be about. He only got to sixth and he was better than Bergeron and a bunch of, um, a bunch of stats but he didn't have as many, he didn't have quite as, quite as good of points. He's not as well known. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, so it's, it's an award that should absolutely be about defense and like who can win matchups against like the best quality of opposition and things like that. It's not, it's 
it's a, uh, for, when Patrice Bergeron was winning like five of them, it was like faceoffs because that's how, so, so that's also how some hockey writers measured the defense was how good you are at faceoffs and just like raw faceoff percentage. Um, and Bergeron was always like the best at that. Um, but like to actually measure it, you need to like look at the players on like the Penguins third line, like Zach Aston Reese last year, last season was also one of the best. And like Teddy Bluger. Um, so those two are two of the best defensively forwards. Um, or at least were last season. Like that's the, that's the sort of thing you need to look at is like, who's actually guarding and playing, like breaking up passes and t- getting takeaways, which, which is like Mark Stone's biggest claim to the award. Yeah. And like, it's not even, we're trying to say that like Bergeron isn't great defensively, but that's not his main, like his role is to be both. Yeah. So if he was put into a shutdown role, I have no doubt that he would like, cause he's, he's actually done that for team, like um, team Canada before in the past, he was like on a checking line, um, which just speaks to Canada's depth and he's great at it, but that's not his like total role. And there are players that did that role still put up pretty decent numbers, but then still also just were complete shutdown. Yeah. Uh, and Bergeron is arguably like the third best defensive forward on his line now. <laughs> so. Great. Well, I learned a lot today and I had a lot of fun. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? If the Langway was uh, a thing, I think that's the, award of Blackhawk is contending for most besides the Calder because I think Connor Murphy is up for that this season. Yeah. Murphy is underrated um, across the league. I think that's true. And I'll also point out that uh, there was some, like we obviously were harshing on JC a little bit here as a coach. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And nobody wants to like, we're not, we're not trying to like hate on him. I know people are going to take it that way. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we want the team to be the best that it can be. And he should get a lot of credit for the way that he has made the team buy into his, um, you know, like the, the, we keep calling it tenacity and you can do attitude. And that is those types of intangibles are extremely important to good teams. Um, but they're and they can be the difference between a good team and a great team, but you have to be like an actual good team first. And I don't think the Hawks are there yet. So if obviously they're not there, if, if he could, if they could like wrap up this defensive scheme better um, and build on what they already have a foundation of, which is this, like, we're always in it, never give up on us type of attitude that has kind of deteriorated in the last couple of games, but before that was like such a big part of their identity this season, then they have a shot of being like a really good team. Um, I'm not totally sold on JC being that coach for that team, but I don't want to, I don't want to like not give him any credit because I think right. he deserves some. And they're in early, early in the season, they were saying like we, there's, there was a ton, ton of buy-in and JC's and JC. So. Yeah. So he's got the, he's got the team eating out of his hand. So like give him credit for that. Hopefully it like pushes them forward eventually and they break through. I am actually hoping that the last few games was the like rock bottom that they needed to hit in terms of quality against and shots against, Mm -hmm. and that maybe they'll focus on pushing forward because 
they need to do something if they really, really want to hang with contenders. Because right now, they're not even in the conversation. We may be fourth in the league, but we're closer to like Columbus and Nashville than we are the Lightning and Carolina, even though we hung pretty well with the Lightning for a while. And I should not say we, obviously I'm not a Blackhawk, but Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> Mel's going to listen to this and go, how dare you have said we just then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and as LVR said, like the Blackhawks are two, six, and three, I think against the top three teams in the division in the season. Yeah. So that's it. All right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that was great, guys. Um, I had a lot of fun, as I said. Uh, learned a lot. And let's go Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>